everybody, Paul here. Episode 100 of the Yesterday and Today podcast is coming up soon, so we are putting out the call to all of our listeners to submit your favorite Beatle memories, be they concerts, records, memories of you and your family enjoying Beatle music, whatever it might be. All you have to do is record yourself telling us a short message about your favorite Beatle memory and send it to yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com and we'll run it on the show in our special episode 100 coming up. That's all you have to do. Again, record yourself saying your favorite Beatle memory and send it to yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com and we'll run it in our special episode 100 coming up soon on the Yesterday and Today podcast. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Back to the show. The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1975. Part 8, Wings Over the UK. In this episode, we will cover July 17th through September 22nd. On Thursday, July 17th, in a London courtroom, a judge grants Maureen Starkey a divorce from Richard Starkey on the grounds of adultery. Ringo having had an affair with American model Nancy Andrews. Say a few hail berries and think a few blood berries. Bye. Can make this world seem right Only you Can make the darkness bright Only you 
this time in July, a song originally intended for John, but now a vocal duet by Harry Nielsen and Cher, Phil Spector's production of A Love Like Yours, was released.
came out next, urging the audience to listen to what the man said. As that song went number one in July, with the entire album, Venus and Mars, following hard on its heels. On July 25th, INS District Director Maurice Kiley sent a letter to John Lennon's attorney, Leon Wilds, requesting documentation of John's residency, employment, and finances in order to complete the director's recommendation for John's status. This letter was a sign of good news for Lennon. At the end of July and into early August, John was feeling positive about the new developments with the INS. He was also ecstatic about being a father again. John began a writing spree to family back in England. Hello England, we'll meet again. I don't know where, don't know when. <laughs> the White Cliffs are over. He sent letters to his cousin Leela Harvey and postcards to his Aunt Mater and Uncle Bert. It was also at this time he was phoning his half-sister Julia on a regular basis, requesting childhood photos. back in England, Paul was rehearsing his band for an upcoming tour as well as taking time out to record new material at his home studio. Uh, two, 
On August 9th, Ringo Starr and Nancy Andrews attend the first annual Rock Music Awards. It was held at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. The couple arrived with Keith Moon and Donovan. Also on this day, the British National Daily Tabloid, the Daily Mirror, reported that Robert Stigwood had been negotiating with the former Beatles for permission to make a film version of Willie Russell's musical, John, Paul, George, Ringo, and Bert. August 22nd in New York, as the INS is considering the possibility of granting John non-priority status, his attorney Leon Wilds continued to assemble the personal information requested by Deputy District Director Joseph D. Hulverton. Following a physical examination and review of John's medical history, Dr. Arnold Rockroger reported today, it is my impression that Mr. Lennon is in excellent health. In Los Angeles on August 25th, George Harrison lends a helping slide guitar on Tom Scott's instrumental Apollonia. It is part of Tommy's New York Connection album sessions. August 25th, in America, Ringo Records released the song Give Me the Key by American saxophonist Bobby Keys.
On Tuesday, August 26th, John signed an affidavit certifying the accuracy of the data collected at the request of the INS and penned a lengthy and revealing statement regarding his support of Yoko and Kyoko and his concern over Yoko carrying a baby at her age. In late August, while Listen to What the Man Said was still on the charts, Wings announced a worldwide tour to cover the last quarter of 1975 and the first half of 1976. The grueling schedule would begin in Britain, continue in Australia and Japan, and end in the United States. 130 minutes of music, with almost all of Band on the Run and Venus and Mars, and a few singles and Beatles numbers. The band had put in weeks of rehearsal. Well, I don't know about how much we needed, but we did rehearse a lot for this. We rehearsed more than we've ever rehearsed for anything. Because uh, we, we just suddenly thought, well, we better know the numbers. That's one requirement, you know, is to know how the tunes go and what the things are. So just to kind of take the records apart and find out what we played on the records was a whole number. Because, you know, you make a record and then the next morning you've forgotten it and it's out as a record. And uh, you've got to listen to the record, see what you played, you know, because half the time you do ad-libs and stuff. So uh, we took a lot of time taking the records apart and working out exactly what everyone should be singing and how to cover this. and. So-and-so wasn't on that record, but Joe can sing a great falsetto, so he can help. That's been one of the great things, actually. Joe, the drummer, Joe English, who uh, we got a card the other night. He said, uh, we love Americans, especially English ones. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Joe is, is very good, you know, because he's not only a drummer, he's a great singer. He's got an amazing falsetto range. It's ridiculous, you know. So, I mean, that's, that's one little thing to have come out of it. Because what happens is when he gets a bit carried away, he starts singing falsetto throughout all the tunes. <laughs> <laughs> so I occasionally have to turn around and say, no thumping, Joe, to which he responds warmly. When you're putting together the show, you think, should we do the solos from the records, or should we just ad-lib the solos and kind of just show how he can play, you know, because he's a great player anyway. But we decided that most of the people in the audience would like to hear the record sort of exactly like the record. You know, like to have a performance that just was very kind of like the record. So Jimmy's learned a lot of the other solos that he didn't necessarily play. He plays a lot of his own. But um, he's a good player, Jim. Then on September 5th in the UK, EMI released the single Letting Go by Wings. The next day, September 6th, prior to the start of the Wings World Tour, the group performs live on Stage 5 at the Elstree Film Studios in Hertfordshire for 1,200 EMI employees, tour associates, and 100 members of the Wings Fun Club, randomly chosen from those who live within the Greater London area. Also present are 100 specially invited guests, including Ringo Starr with Nancy Andrews, who arrived late from Los Angeles. This is our latest single. It's called Letting Go.
Back in New York on September 6th and 7th, Mark Lapidus presents the second annual Beetle Fest at the Hotel Commodore on 42nd Street and Park Avenue. I attend both days staying at the hotel with my friends. Guests for this year's fest include Sid Bernstein and Beatles road manager Mal Evans. Music is provided by the band Northern Songs. The individual Beatles also contributed items for the charity auctions. Here is Beatlefest creator Mark Lapidus commenting on John Lennon's 1975 involvement. He supported it again and sent some things for the, for the, for the charity. So he was, you know, he, he helped out, he sent messages to the shows and things, you know, through the 70s. I didn't want to keep inviting him, I, I just, I, I like keeping a, a distance. And they're aware of it, they, they know exactly what we do. Meanwhile, George Bounces Back is the front page headline of the British music newspaper Melody Maker. George agrees to an interview to promote his unreleased new album titled Extra Texture, read all about it. I feel now that whatever I give, uh, I get it back, you know. Like there's an old proverb that says, the smile you give out comes back threefold, and it's true, you know. If you can raise a smile, you do tend to get two or three back, which enables you to give six or seven back, and you get 15 back. But if you kick somebody in the behind, there's a good chance somebody's going to hit you on the head with his gun. On September 9th, with a new group and an almost entirely new repertoire, Paul and his band Wings begin a 13-month concert tour of 10 countries. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. Are you coming with us or what? No. See if we get back. Hello. Wings Over the World start the first leg in the UK at the Theatre Gaumont in Southampton. The next day, September 10th, 
Wings play in Bristol at the Bristol Hippodrome.
Next, Wings travel 45 miles to Cardiff, Wales to play the Capitol Theatre. Wendy Hughes, a reporter for the Sunday Times, wrote in her newspaper, Ticket holders for the gig queued for hours before the doors of the Capitol Theatre opened, and a small army of security men stood on guard. The show started promptly at 8 and lasted for 2 hours and 10 minutes. A highlight of the show was Paul McCartney's most famous hit from the Beatles, Yesterday. Once a jolly swagman. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm not half the man I used to be. Shadow hanging over me on yesterday. Jimmy and Joe, first of all, a big welcome to the Capitol Theatre in Cardiff. Great. How long have you been with Wings now? Well, I've been with Wings nearly two and a half, three years. And so Joe? Without at uh, all. Nine months. And what's it like working with Wings with Paul McGartney? Well, the inevitable question, but it's <laughs> fun, fun, yeah. We're getting out on the road now. And uh, we look forward to doing this tour, you know, getting this done in the rest of the world. It's really nice. How do you find you match musically? Are your tastes similar or very different? Very different, I think. Really, yeah, yeah every, everybody's, everybody's got a different background, you see. It's so different that it, 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 it pulls attract each other, you know. Like, it works. It gels, though, yeah. Everybody's um, own experience of like, their own musical backgrounds. It helps to uh, do the songs, get them across, you know. How much songwriting work do you do yourself? Did you like yourself or just Paul? Yeah, I wrote Medicine Jar on Venus and Mars along with Colin Allen, the drummer with the Crows. Stone the Crows, that was. And uh, 
Which of the LPs you've done is the sort of best one or your favourite one then? Which is the, you know? Favourite song? Favourite song at the moment is Letting Go, the new single. It's great. I like that a lot. And we got the brass players from, from New Orleans, which really fit in and give the band a good kick, you know? Really kicks great. Which, in your opinion, is the best LP you've done, the best album you've done? Well, having only done one, I'm biased. Venus and Mars, I think. What do you think, Joe? Joe? Uh, this is definitely the best. Do you feel being back on the road then? Fine, Richard. Yeah? Yeah, great, yeah. Feels very good, yeah. Hard work, you know, but uh, enjoyable. Mm -hmm. How would you get on with the Wings lineup you got now? With Jimmy, Joe, Denny? Good. Yeah? It's nice. We're enjoying playing, you know. Just getting it together. We've only done a couple of shows so far, but. Uh, it's working out nicely. When you first sort of started the group, yeah. what sort of thing could you conceive of? What, what did you want Wings to be when you started, you know? Just a good group. Yeah? Just a good group, yeah. You know, that was the idea was just to kind of um, get out and have a play. Get out and uh, have a sing, you know. What's your idea? Oh, no thanks. I've eaten. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Denny Lane's young son, who is being interviewed at the moment. Hello, Lainey. Where do you want Wings to go from here on, Paul? You know. Um, I mean, you've been very successful. Onward. Onward, I think. Yeah. Oh, just onward, yeah, sure. Tell me, what, what on earth compelled you to do the Crossroads theme? You know. <laughs> Um, it was like a joke, because we'd, <laughs> we'd done um, Lonely Old People at the end of the LP. Yeah. And uh, it was a sort of joke, you know, they're watching Crossroads on the telly. Uh, only it's, it's played a bit different, you know. And then they picked it up and used it on the end, they're using it on the end of the uh, series. It was, it's sort of half a joke, and uh, one of the other things too is it was interesting because in America they don't know the series, so it's only a British joke, it's only us people kind of think it's a, a joke. In America they just think it's a nice tune, you know, so oh, it's a nice tune called Crossroads, they don't know the series, they don't know about Meg and all the folks there, you know. Of all the tracks you've done now, there's been quite a few of them there already. Which is your personal sort of <coughs> favourite Wings or Paul McCartney song track you've ever done? Uh, Letting Go. On September 12th, Wings travelled to Manchester to play the Free Trade Hall. From there, Wings flew to Birmingham to play the Hippodrome on September 13th. A little bit older than that. 
not much. The band then traveled 100 miles north to Liverpool to play the Liverpool Empire Theatre on Monday, September 15th. Also on September 15th in America, Apple releases the single You by George Harrison. This is the one you've chosen for the single. Yeah, called You. That one just seemed the most instant, you know. Most people in California, you know, just thought that was the most obvious one, so... That's the one it'll be, the first one. I originally wrote that, but there was one time I was working with Phil Spector, and uh, it's around the All Things Must Pass period, and we are trying to do an album with his wife, well, at that time it was his wife. It's interesting, actually, because just been thinking so much about Ronnie Spector because of this song, I wrote the song specifically for her, and what happened was, at that time, Phil we put down about six tracks and then all we did was finished one as a single and put that out and then we never got around to doing the album for some reason. But that song I wrote particularly in the Ronette sort of flavour and what happened was I just suddenly remembered I had this track and it was such a good backing track so I decided that I'd resurrect it and finish it off because it was only just a basic track. And 
the song actually when i came to sing it was so high i thought well my voice has been dropping over the years going lower but i couldn't believe how high it was and i realized i'd the key i wrote it in i'd put it up about three tones for ronnie to sing and then suddenly found myself trying to sing it. it's really high The single peaked at number 20 in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 Singles Charts of 1975. On September 16, 
the Wings Over the UK tour continued onto Newcastle upon Tyne to play the City Hall before heading towards Hammersmith, London to play two shows at the Hammersmith Odeon on September 17th and 18th. Wings had gone from a failed protest record and an embarrassing nursery rhyme to become one of the world's biggest rock attractions. Our main aim is just to play music, you know, and to play it right and to not be out of tune and to not goof it, you know. Um, so that's really all we're doing, you know, like any other group, any other band. We just come on and we play music and uh, we want the people there to enjoy themselves. I mean, they've paid to come out for the evening, so they might as well enjoy themselves while they're there. So that's, that's it, you know, just enjoy yourselves and uh, dig the music. The billing and lights at the Hammersmith Odeon in London set it all. Tonight, Paul McCartney and Wings. House full and letting go.
As Paul and Wings toured Great Britain, John, meanwhile back in New York City, was caring for Yoko and getting his life in order while awaiting the birth of their baby. Great Britain's newspaper, the Daily Mail, published a photo of John and a thoroughly pregnant Yoko walking home from a local restaurant in Manhattan. Lennon also spent time with Richard Ross, owner of a restaurant he and Yoko regularly visited called Home, located in Manhattan on 91st and 2nd Avenue. Lennon, along with Richard Ross, who was recently diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, spent the weekend together in Cape Cod. From his travels, John sent May Pang a postcard from East Falmouth, Massachusetts, that simply read, Heidi Hi, John and Richard. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Here I am. On September 20th, John had put aside any and all plans to record any new material as he originally laid out with Apple exec Tony King for an album titled Between the Lines. Lennon decided instead to compile an album of collectible Lennon tracks. As John later recalled, I realized that some of the singles, like Cold Turkey, which was never a big hit record, would be wiped off the face of the earth by disinterest. Taking the attitude that if I didn't do it, nobody else would, John rationalized that the disc was just for my own personal history, just to conserve my work, because in 40 years, I want to look back on it and be able to find it. Later on that day, at Trident Studios in London, Various people compiled real-time copies of Happy Christmas War Is Over, Give Peace a Chance, Cold Turkey, Imagine, among others. All of the titles were taken from the master. Across the pond on the Wings Over the World tour, the band arrived in Scotland for a few shows. The band played at the Usher Hall in Edinburgh on September 20th, then went on to play at the Apollo in Glasgow on September 21st. It was in Glasgow that they all came out to play in kilts.
On September 22nd, Apple releases a new LP from George Harrison called Extra Texture. Where'd you get the idea for that? Uh, this with the one of the guys who played bass on some of the tracks was just sitting with me as I was overdubbing something. We were talking about something, I don't know. And he said uh, texture, and I, at the same time I said extra, and it was, that was it. It just became on those, the flow, you know, the words extra texture. At the time it seemed funny, extra texture. Read all about it. It was going to be called Oh Not Him Again, which is actually the subtitle. called The Answers at the End, and this is the one where you uh, often say during the course of the song that we hurt the ones we love, we hurt yeah. the ones we need. Uh, yeah, it's like the uh, modern version of you, only, you always hurt the one you love, the one you shouldn't hurt at all. It actually came from uh, this, there's this sort of Victorian thing written on the wall of the house I live in. In fact, I get a lot of songs off the wall. <laughs> Well, a lot of my songs are off the wall. Anyway, this was, an, I think it's an old Victorian poem or something. It said, scan not a friend with a microscopic glass. You know his faults, let the foibles pass. Life is an enigma, true my friend. Read on, read on, the answer's at the end. So that always stuck in my mind. It seemed like a song to me, and uh, it ended up as one.
Son of, it's son of guitar gently weeps. Yeah, that one is. Uh, I think you know I decided to write that song because of the popularity of while my guitar gently weeps. It was really just like it's a cheap excuse to play a bit of guitar, and uh, that song, guitar gently weeps, was um, actually more popular than I realized. That was the one song particularly that you know, went down very well and it seems to have been quite a popular uh, one of my songs or of the old Beatle albums so I just thought I'll write another one Son of It also seems to have more of a dance beat than some of your other songs and the drum Yeah, that's Keltner he just Jim Keltner's amazing the way it's like what he doesn't do he's really great at leaving space in that one really all he does is a backbeat on the snare and the tom-tom at the same time and it's just a sort of uh, that pulse, that's all. He just leaves a lot of gaps, but it's a, it's a nice um, dance tune. One, two, three. Self out on a limb 
song called Ooh Baby, and I'm told this is to Smokey Robinson who did Ooh Baby Baby. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I just, um, over ten years or so, I just realized that one of my favorite singers has been Smokey Robinson as a songwriter also. He's been, for my taste, one of the most consistent, you know, and he's written so many fantastic tunes. And although I'm not anywhere in his league, you know, as a singer... This song always reminds me of 
that smoky type of mood. So I dedicate the song to him. Uh, 
there's not much of a story to it, really, uh, other than... There's a line in it uh, that says, uh, wise, so far away from home. Yeah, it's wise men you won't be to follow the likes of me in this world made of stone. I mean, it's really just down to saying that everybody has their own opinion and right to be. You know, that's really all. It's a nice melody.
Coming up in a moment. Side two of Extra Texture with George Harrison. I don't know what it is. I have this tendency to write sort of dramatic or melodramatic melodies. Wings in the world down under. Nothing to hide, mate. Look, nothing. All clean. Clean. All clean. Never touch it. Check the pockets. And John's greatest hit for his birthday. Uh, this is John Lennon talking to you from the heart of the west side of New York in an interview, exclusive, a four interview, uh, with a brand new New Yorker, Sean Ono Lennon, spelled S-E-A-N. Next on Yesterday and Today. or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. (laughs) You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen or you could head to society Six dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society, the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. (laughs) Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.